Have you ever sat down to read your Bible and wonder where to begin, or question if the ancient words on those impossibly thin pages will ever make any sense? Maybe you've compared your Bible with the colorful and note-filled pages of others, or wondered how to understand why you believe what you believe. You're not alone, my friend. Welcome to the Biblical Context Matters podcast. I'm Bree Blum, and I will be your host while we take a closer look at God's Word through the eyes of the original audience, exploring the cultural, historical, geographical, linguistic, political, and religious influences upon the people and places of the Bible. Together, we'll learn how to intentionally study Scripture to get beyond surface-level knowledge and find a deeper belief and understanding of the heart of God. It's possible. Thank you, Promise. I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember. But when I introduce myself to a new friend, I don't come right out and say it. Hi, I'm Bree. I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia. I love to read and enjoy homemade iced chai lattes. And I'm a Christian? I know, I know. I run an online ministry, but that detail doesn't always make it into my introductions. So how do people learn whose I am? As John reminds us of Jesus' words in his gospel, chapter 13, verse 35, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And not only that, but the words of my testimony that help to release the chains of others that are bound by and provide them an open invitation for them to come and see what Jesus has to offer. That's how they know. So today I share that with you, my testimony of how I thought I was being called to full-time ministry, but God showed me another way. I wasn't looking for a new job when I came across the opening of an executive director position at a small outreach ministry and retreat center. But with my prior work lining up so precisely, I felt that God was calling me to take a leap of faith. I prayed Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 daily, and even listened to Lauren Daigle's song, Trust in You, on my way to the interview. Still thinking of the chorus, I walked into the church where the interview was to be, and I faced a framed picture of Jesus with the words, Trust in the Lord, written on the bottom. When I received the phone call to let me know that the search committee had come to a unanimous decision, I decided to do just as the picture had said and trust in the Lord. I accepted the position with what felt like a lofty title. And for years I had led a tiny ministry which felt like a side hustle, leading online book studies for Christian women. But stepping into full-time ministry had seemed out of reach, yet I couldn't shake a desire to use my writing experience to reach into the lives of others through in-person events and retreats. I was humbled by an opportunity to serve God while earning a paycheck. I was 33, comfortable in my West Virginia home in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains and ready to do God's work full-time. I had not even received the keys to my office when the chair of the board of directors called to share the troubling news about the financial status of the organization, which hadn't been disclosed during the interview process. With each passing week, 
new skeletons emerged from the proverbial closet to the point that it was almost comical. If I didn't laugh about it, I would have cried. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I was thrust into a situation that I was expected to clean up and manage single-handedly, as it was decided that the truth of the matter should not be made public. I spent 70-hour work weeks alone, slaving at what trying to keep the place functioning. And when I asked for help, my requests were shot down or brushed off as insignificant. There was no time to put in place the vision that I was hired to implement of incorporating more of a faith component into existing mission opportunities. There was only time for triage. As a result, I found myself on the receiving end of criticism and verbal attacks that cut to the depths of my soul. It felt like I went from the unanimous choice to enemy number one. To say that I was disappointed is a severe understatement. My confidence and trust in others was shattered. My faith also received quite the blow. Preach faith until you have it. Friends and family didn't give up on me, thankfully. At times when the ugliness of my sins surfaced through angry outbursts and bitterness, they lovingly preached the gospel to me. Little by little, my shriveled faith began to grow again. During a counseling meeting with my pastor, he told me that my dream didn't need brick and mortar or a fancy title. In a digital world, I could pursue my dreams of writing and leading others to grow in their faith. For the first time in what seemed like an eternity, hope flickered to life within me. It felt like it was God's way of saying, you've always had these gifts and passions. Now go do something with them. As my stress levels continued to climb and anxiety attacks came crashing in waves, I began submitting job applications elsewhere. I didn't know what God wanted for me career-wise, but I did feel certain he wanted me to lead a ministry. But which ministry? And in what capacity? I suddenly wasn't sure. After much prayer, I decided to leave the organization just shy of a year. After fulfilling my responsibilities to the mission teams I had spent months coordinating. Sitting with my parents at their kitchen table, I submitted my two-week notice without another job lined up, and the three of us cried. It was disappointing and heartbreaking, but once I had hit send, I felt at peace. There was no way to know what was ahead but I held tightly to the glimmer of hope within me. God makes a way in the wilderness. Exactly a week later, I received a phone call inviting me to an interview at the local university. It won what seemed like God's perfect timing. I accepted the position as the science department's administrative assistant at my alma mater. The transition was rocky, and I remember asking a friend how I would ever fit in with a bunch of people who 
so thought so differently than I did. Their focus was more evidence-based, while mine was faith-based. But she reminded me that my faith would be a light in the darkness. And to my surprise, the scientists that I worked with turned out to be more faithful than I originally believed, with their selfless generosity and how they nursed my wounded spirit with encouragement and praise. Their confidence in me rubbed off enough that I brushed off the ministry that I had founded and left in the dust. As I healed, I returned to my online side hustle ministry that I had left for full-time ministry. And in just a year, Intentional Filling has served 70 women through online book studies, helping them to intentionally grow in their faith and calling by being rooted in the Word. I know God's ways are mysterious, and certainly not as clear as I would like them to be. But I've also learned that he is faithful to show me his path, one that leads to joy and shares his greatest glory regardless of a paycheck. Today's corresponding blog post can be found at intentionalfilling.com blog. And we'd love for you to stop by the blog and tell us what you think. Or feel free to swing by our Instagram at intentionalfilling or Facebook to do the same. Until next time, keep growing. Do you enjoy learning about scripture through its context? We invite you to visit our website, intentionalfilling.com, to check out the number of resources we have available in our shop, including worksheets, studies, and even our free online course, Rooted in the Word. Subscribe to the Biblical Context Matters podcast to be alerted of our new episode for more faith-boosting content. Until next time, read your Bible and remember, Biblical Context Matters.